This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. From MPB Think Radio, this is Fix It 101, the home improvement show to help you get uh, your stuff done. Right. I'm Jason Klein here with Pam Pivas, Ashy Certified Inspector at Inspect It Like a Girl, Licensed Contractor Jeff Sammons from Houseworks. It's an open topic show, so uh, we're looking for your questions to get your projects completed around the house. Let's talk about the quick fixes and the big projects and even some major renovations, if that's what you're into. We want to hear from you this morning. You can join the conversation by calling 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464, or send an email to fixit101 at mpbonline.org. And remember, remember Fixit 101 re-airs every Saturday at 9, right before Gestalt Gardner. How are you guys doing this morning? I'm good. I'm, my thermostat's confused. Oh, it's got to be. After last <laughs> night, it's got to be. Yeah, the uh, I went to bed. I was talking to Java. I went to bed last night, turned on the air conditioner, and I woke up this morning and had turned my heat on. Yeah, uh, we had something similar in my house. Uh, if, well, you know, we went to bed and it was like throwing covers off. You know, <laughs> oh god! <laughs> wake up this morning and you're balled up and you all like, tiny scrunchy. I've already <laughs> dragged one of the big dogs over me to be warmer. You know? Oh yeah! So, oh yeah! Uh, well, I got up into some stuff this weekend. Um, and I just, you know me, I'm up Got in it. Got up in some I stuff. I love it. In it, I so, am. What'd you do? Well, I wanted to talk to our listeners about you know the older we get, you know as we become vintage ourselves. Yeah, vintage. <laughs> is, is that what we have to go now? Yeah, yes. we're vintage. Better than old. <laughs> you know, I heard the phrase "we're in the checkout line." Oh, okay. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Come on, man. Right. You just don't about. want the express checkout. Yeah, you don't exactly. want the express checkout. I'm not really in the checkout line, but I am trying to get in the smarter All line. right, all right. Our rabbit is way off the trail. Yeah. What, what are we talking about? <laughs> well, I, I wanted to talk about the difference between a wagon and a wheelbarrow. Ooh, one has four wheels, one has one. Uh, uh, yes, and one is so much easier okay. to deal with. Yes. Well, now, a wheelbarrow can have two, and that's even easier. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I have seen the two Those, wheeled wheelbarrows. If, if you're doing um, sand, concrete, or something like that, a two wheel is so much easier. It will not tip over. Right. Right. Yeah, so. it won't tip over. But you still got to be strong enough to pick it up when it's well, full of uh, well, sand. Well, of course. Absolutely. Yes. And yes. so Pammy's not strong enough, so she got her one of those. Um, and I've had it for years. I love this thing. It's a four wheel, and it's got a dump truck on it. So I can feel it. And that's what I did this weekend. I threw the mulch. I got my mulch right. out and put out my pre-emerge. And, boy, I tell you, that, that wagon makes all the difference in the world. Oh, of course it does. I yeah. mean, it's just because I yeah. can back it right, whoop, right. Whoop, whoop, back it right well, up to know, where I want to put it and then hit that lever and it pops up and it just slides right that's out. A, that's a great idea. You know, you know what's funny? Uh, Pam, you're not that much shorter than me. And here's the, the issue with wheelbarrows and shorter people well other people jeff could stand at the wheelbarrow and simply uh straighten his legs Mm -hmm. and it would pick up and it would pick up well i can stand up with my 
with my <laughs> arms on the wheelbarrow, and it doesn't pick up. So I have to use my arms, arms to pick it up. Uh, yes, so which means you're really, back. Right, exactly. So very heavy. So that's a great idea. Uh, 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 just more of a... Wow, like a red flyer kind of situation. Well, you want to, you know, as we invest in ourselves, Mm -hmm. this was an investment that I made in myself to make my life easier and to keep me from having to take all the ibuprofen because my back hurts. (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) And it, I mean, it, it really has been... Very helpful for a lot of different reasons. Very cool. Well, we've got uh, an early caller. Kay is on the line in Clarksdale. And, uh, ooh, we got a question about contractor charges. Well, we got a contractor here. We do. Yeah. (laughs) Go for it, Kay. Hi. I was wondering how much normal contractor charges should be for getting stuck. I discovered that mine is starting a third over whatever the sub's charging him. Is that normal or is that hot? Boy, normal is a tricky word. Mm-hmm. Very so, tricky word. So he's charging you 33% over invoice. Did, am I understanding yes. this? Yes. yes. Okay. How, how complicated is the job? What, what oh, are you doing? I'm, uh, I'm doing from rebuilding stuff to roofing to tree stuff to um, all sorts Okay. Okay. Um, that's probably um, if if you called me, I'm I'm going to charge you thirty percent over cost. Uh, if I'm building a house for you, I'm going to be somewhere between uh, uh, fifteen to to twenty. So thirty thirty three might be a little bit. Uh, high, but not not a whole lot. Um, Might be able to negotiate to thirty. Maybe because okay. Here here's here's the um, here's the question that you have to ask yourself: What is this individual bringing to the table? Is this individual bringing stuff to the table that is going to save me money? That is going to save me headache? That is going to get my job done properly? Um, that that's worth something. That that that's that's like your doctor. Would you go to a doctor? Would you would you go to a doctor that that was the was the person in the class that made the worst grade, or do you want to go to the doctor that made the best grade? Because they both are called doctors. They're both called doctors. <laughs> I want to go to the valedictorian. That's me too. <laughs> so. Can, to, can you tell Jeff has sold a house or two? To, yes. To, yeah. to, to Kay, yeah. the, the short version of yes, it is reasonable. Okay. Okay. Uh, well, I was just, I found out by accident. I was like, whoa. Right. Yeah. No, that's just about, and if you wanted to kind of figure providing it out. Providing that contractor is not the bottom of the class. Right. And they're providing right. a good, a really good service. <laughs> and you can also look at... Um, you know, because we're always pricing our time. I mean, across the board, everybody prices their time. Right. So you can look at the number of hours that it's taking to get everything done and then do the. If you want to do that, if you want to stalk your contractor right. and kind of see and then add up all those hours. Um, but then you have to add in the competency curve. Yeah. Meaning, you know, how yeah. good are they? I don't mm-hmm. mind paying somebody extra if they're going to do a really, really good job. That's right. 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 I mean, Absolutely. I, 
I'd much rather do that. But I'm the person who will buy the more expensive item because it's going to last longer. That's right. Well, the the biggest thing, if you look around at people, I, I know how if you have the next door app, you guys know what the next door sure, app is. Sure. sure. OK, yeah. the next door app. One of the one of the craziest things I see on the next door app every day. And one of the things that the app does is it is it gives people a, a place to say, hey, I need a blank. Right. You know, I, I need a roofer, you know. Um, well, it's always asked as, hey, where can I find an affordable roofer? An affordable. It's always, hey, where can I find an affordable handyman? <laughs> and I'm like, if you're in handyman territory, you don't want affordable right now. No, there's yeah. nothing worse than a cheap contractor. Right? Oh, my gosh. Or a cheap inspection. <laughs> More costly. That's right. I mean, no, think yeah, about it. I don't sell cheap inspections. Right. Look, I'm, I'm, doing a, uh, I'm doing a job right now, and the, and the shower is actually leaking. Uh, they they did the this work about five years ago, um, and they did not do it properly. Right, paid a lot of money, um, but it was less money than the guy that was going to do it properly. Right. Yes. So now look 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 how expensive this is. It's a lot more than thirty percent. Got bit by the bid. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's so a good now term. we get to rip it out and redo it. So. They're paying double. Mm-hmm. Oh, or triple, really. If we bought our automobiles like that, we could buy two. Uh-huh. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. All right. Well, let's uh, let's pay homage to the show here real quick and fix something. All right. I got an email here. <laughs> um, it says, we bought a home that added a shower uh that added a shower to the half bath. So they bought a home where someone had put a shower in the half bath. But there is no heating and no electrical outlets in this room. (laughs) Not even a heater fan overhead. (laughs) What options are there for heating without electricity? Also, can a heater be added to the fan? Okay, I was was in one of the big box stores the other day and saw their little aisle with all of the options for bathroom fan and it is staggering what you can get done through a single bathroom fan yeah and it could be remote function and all smart it can you know it could be a smart fan and you can get just about anything but does it sing to you while you take a shower right well some will well, you can buy a shower head that will do that. You, you can buy a shower head. Kohler makes it that yeah. will play Bluetooth, Bluetooth play your, right. your music through the shower head. Right. I tested one one time, and it had a disco ball in it. So nice. you got the, the Send lights. that one to me for Christmas. Thank you. Um, so, so here's my big question. As an inspector and as someone who installs these things regularly, uh, I did see some options in the in the uh, in the fan, the overhead fans that did have some heating options. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you two? Would you two consider those to be safe options? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, sure. I, I think it's a yeah. good idea. Older houses don't yeah, have I, I don't, central heat in there. And the they reason, don't have a duct in there. The reason so, why I'm asking is because many of us here every year, how many houses go up in flames for these smaller heaters? Mm-hmm. And, I, and I'm like, well, is this one of those? You know, is this one of those kind of smaller heaters that gets in trouble? Well, you would want to. In this situation, if you were going to add that, don't mm-hmm. you think, Jeff, that they should hire somebody to install that? Get well, a professional yeah, to install absolutely, it? absolutely, because it's probably going to be 220 power. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it needs to be professionally installed. Now, I will tell you this. Mm-hmm. In my 20-plus years of, of doing insurance restoration, uh-huh. 
We have done a lot of firework. Right. And I can only remember one that was due to the house. Really? Yep. Most of them are, I'm running an extension cord from this outlet oh. overhead over here or, or a candle burning by the drapes mm-hmm. or a, 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 frying pan. a standalone heater. Very seldom. We, we had one house fire that was started with the um, electrical outlets or something. No, it was the um, um, attic fan. Oh, yeah. Okay. The yeah. thermostatic fan yeah. in the attic. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. If you're going to put something like that in there, I think it's an awesome idea. A lot of the older bathrooms don't even have vent fans in them. Right. right. Once you add a shower, you really need that. Yeah. I mean, otherwise, the whole thing will eventually rot out of your house. Well, and if you're going to do that, I would hire an electrician to get it installed because you're going to have to put in alternate switches for fan, heat, and light. And if they're going to do that, they mm-hmm. can go ahead and add you an outlet probably somewhere in there. New code is that every sink vanity has to have an outlet. Okay. And within, well, I don't know what the, is it three feet? I don't know. I don't have any idea. But right. you, you should have that. And then if it, once you put that outlet in, it needs to be. GFI protected, right? Which means if there's a surge or if you decide to take a shower with your right. hair dryer, it'll pop off. GFI is that one with the buttons with on the it little that buttons you can hit on test it. and reset. Now I'll tell you, in an older house, and Jeff, you're probably going to tell me there's a way to fix this, but I had my bathroom redone. Oh, it's been 15 years ago, and so they put in the vent fan. I didn't put a heater in there, but they put in the outlets, GFI protected, and whenever the GFI outlet pops off, everything in the bathroom goes off because yes. <laughs> yes. it's at the top of the circuit. Right. But there's right. in an older house, that's really the only way to do it. Right? right. Yeah, and that's and, and and it's funny. The first thing, folks, if you ever lose power to a portion of your house. Before you go outside to your breakers, check for those square outlets that have the switches on them that say test and reset and press the reset button. It is so common how often, uh, say, a single room will go out. Mm-hmm. And it's not even the breaker. It's it's that you plugged a, a vacuum in with the microwave on and, you know, whatever, and it just got that. Well, so. and I'm going to tell you something. It's located in the garage behind all your stuff. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Says the inspector. Oh, my God. We've gotten to where, because we're supposed to test those things. Do you know the manufacturer says you're supposed to pop those things every month? Really? Mm-hmm. Really? Yep. Yep. You're supposed to test them every month. They're made of plastic. Yeah, that's true. I mean, they're made of plastic. And so the inspector goes in, and we're supposed to test these things, and they pop off, and they don't reset. And then we get blamed for breaking it. And I'm like, well, it failed a test. <laughs> you know, I, I, this is, this is a, a thing with me. Um, your your attic is not a mini storage. Oh, okay. Thank First you. First of all, your attic is not a mini storage, and your garage is not a mini storage. The attic is for mechanical equipment, not for you to go up there and store all your Christmas you know, decorations, stuff that you'll never use again in your entire life. But you're not getting rid of it. And the baby stuff and right. the turkey heads. And, then, and I'm and, telling you. And your garage is made for your cars. Yep. Okay? You guys would hate my house. Yeah. Well, you know, and then, so we quit testing exterior GFI outlets until we see what's in the garage. (laughs) Because if it goes off, and inevitably there's a freezer connected. 
of right, course. Right, outside. Uh, uh, yeah. In the garage. And mm-hmm. so it's in, oh, this is even better. It's plugged into the GFI outlet directly behind it. Right. right. So, so we do not test pound. those things until I raise that garage door and I look mm-hmm. in there. And if it's packed full of stuff, I just put a little comment that says exterior outlets were not GFI protected. Yeah, because they weren't accessible. So if you want to know if they work, you test them yourself. Well, we have got uh, tons more emails to get to, and we're waiting on your call also. Um, It's time for us to take our first break, but we want to hear from you. What's happening in your home? Give us a call at 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or send an email to fixit101 at mpbonline.org. We'll be right back. On Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit, you get information about foods you should eat to stay in good health and tips on how to stay active. I'm Dr. Josie Bidwell, host of Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit and Associate Professor of Preventive Medicine at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. Listen to the show every Monday at 11 or subscribe to the podcast by searching for Southern Remedy with your preferred podcasting app. Welcome back. You're listening to Fix It 101 on MPB Think Radio. I'm Jason Klein here with Pam Pibus, ASHE Certified Inspector and Inspect It Like a Girl. And uh, actually, uh, <laughs> Jeff Sammons from Houseworks. Very cool. I'm sorry. There was something else written here. So yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> you know, I missed one week and now and, you yeah, know, and know who and, I am. You got substituted Jeff. for Timmy McClendon of AC Remedy. Oh, so. man. <laughs> What's the neighborhood going to? Right, right. Wow. Anyway, um, listen, uh, I was reading an article yesterday that, that you know, I, I read a lot of DIY and home improvement kind of stuff, and I came across this article in Wired. And uh, it, the article was, Why Cities Want Old Buildings Taken Down Gently. And this whole article is about uh, these these older homes in cities that are, uh, you know, they're big older homes, but they've got to come down. But at one time, they were big, beautiful homes with, uh, you know, adornments and things like that. And so they want them taken down instead of bulldozed. And they talk about all the benefits of what that does. First of all... Um, one of the things that I did mention here is when you bulldoze these homes, all of that goes to landfill. Right. Well, that is now taking up in certain parts of the country. Over 10% of the landfill is being taken up by homes that are being destroyed and put in the landfill. And they thought, well, okay, so uh, some of these finer homes, they're taking apart brick by brick. And they're trying to reuse them. Uh, and, you know, people have done this for a long time. And, you know, we've got places around uh, Mississippi, all over the state, that collect some of the neater things from older homes and hang on to them and sell them. And, and boy, they can get pricey, too, on the other side. But uh, one of the things that's come up in Portland was that they're doing this. And, you know, they're taking timbers out of these homes. And, Jeff, these timbers are... 130 years old, mm-hmm. and they're stronger than anything that anybody could mill right now. That's right, you, you and, and we will pay big money for that. Right, and, and well, one of the things that they've had to look at altering is are the local laws. And why that is is that uh, in some places, in a lot of places, you are not allowed, a contractor is not allowed to build a home 
out of uh, reclaimed material in a lot of places. I wanted to ask, I wrote down the question when I read the article. So I, I just, I had to ask you guys, um, are there local laws about, or do we know if, if a licensed contractor can build with salvaged materials here in Mississippi? You know, when you, when you asked that question, it, 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 it got me to thinking, um, the, the, the local building officials, um, Although they have a lot of power, they don't have the power to tell me what I can build with. Right. As long as it meets Southern Building Code. Okay. Okay. Meaning, um, you know, I cannot use a two by six if I'm carrying a load for a two by eight. Right. But I don't know of any building code that tells me that I cannot use a piece of lumber that is 110 years old. Well, they said they're grabbing some of this lumber. Some of the folks are are kind of replanting them and milling them to, mm-hmm. you know, make them w- work with modern standards. You want to get the old, you know, stuff off, you know, the gray stuff. But uh, they said, you know, of course, and I don't know if you know this, but older timbers that people used to use in homes, um, you've heard the term two by four in your lifetime. Right. You cannot buy a two by four right now unless you do it specially. If you go to any of the home stores, anything like that, that is not actually two by four. What is it? it one and it, five eighths yeah, by. It, it does not measure two by four. No, it's like uh-uh. one and five eighths by two and three quarters or something like that. But if you want to see a real two by four, look in a hundred uh, year old That's home. Right. You pull back that plaster. And uh, you'll see these huge studs behind the walls. The joists and that it, hold these right. homes up could hold up, you know, massive. Well, it was it was milled dimensional lumber, and it was that true dimension. Right. A right. two by six was a two by six. Two by six right. nominal, I think was is, isn't that the term? I it's think a it nominal is. two by four. Is. So right. a nominal two by six. Yeah. Right. So when you see two by four at the at the local home store, uh, that's that's what that thing represents. It's not actually a two-by-four anymore. That's right. You See, know, I when, would imagine. When you, take, when you take our wall mm-hmm. and you use a two-by-four mm-hmm. and a half-inch piece of sheetrock on each side, that wall is four and nine-sixteenths thick. Huh. So it's it, if it was the true... Uh, dimensions, right? It, it would be more than that, mm-hmm. obviously. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. yeah, you have the yeah the math. That's why I'm not. Yeah, it'd be five that's why I don't build houses because I can't <laughs> do math. But you know, the one thing I think they would probably take issue with is if you're uh, treated lumber for treated lumber applications, well, of course, and then right. structural stuff. But a lot of what is happening here, and I love the idea that maybe some of it could be used right. on structure. But a lot of it's for cosmetic purposes. People yeah, are, a lot of it yeah. are using it to look like old wood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're just, you know, they're coming in and doing pretty and, and right. that kind of type stuff. But they're not using it for the structure. Of the, well, it's expensive. Yeah. For right. one. That'd be real expensive right. to right. use Reclaim to, to do that. Yes. Um, All right. We've got a couple of folks on the line. Larry's been waiting the longest. And a couple of, believe it or not, a couple of sweating calls. Uh, well, we'll have to get <laughs> it. It is the sound. I know, it's weird. Larry, are you with us? Yeah, I'm right here. So what's going on? My slab, I'm, my slab under my house is causing me to sweat. Oh, what's happening? It's, uh, well, this house uh, was built about 20 years ago, and I was—I'm uh, the owner, and I was the one who built it. And 
when the men were out here building it, building the slab, it was late at night when they finished, and they didn't have enough concrete. So they, it has a couple of low spots, and every time it rains, of course, those spots fill up with water. I get about two inches in one or two places. and Inside your so house? Now, I'm saying, no, it's the slab under the house. My house is elevated. Ah, oh, I got you. Okay, okay. okay. Right. You're, you're, he's in Slidell. Okay. I park my cars under here, and I also gotcha. Shop. I love my shop, and it's just it's just disgusting to have to work in the shop with feet with your water your feet in the water all the time. Right. Okay. So the water's actually <clears throat> coming because of a drainage problem, or water is is coming raining from the sky and pouring into your area. Well, this morning, I don't know what it's like over there this morning, but here this, today, it is very foggy. Uh-huh. Visibility is probably half a mile. And every time it's like that, of course, the cars get uh, moisture on them, beaded up moisture, and it's just impossible to get off no matter what you try to do. And also, my slab gets water on it. Okay, so the slab is sweating. He's sweating from the bottom up. Do, do you remember if you put plastic... Um, on the dirt before um, that was my next statement we we uh, I watched them build my neighbor's house and they put paper put the plastic down for his slab built it the same way and we when we built my house we did the same thing I was here when the men did it I helped them do it put plastic down dug the trenches Hmm. put the rebar in and 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 had uh, 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 the Post, you know, to support mm-hmm. it, to keep it from sliding around, whatever. Right. And so now it's just getting worse and worse. It now mm. it uh, it uh, the water is here sometimes when it doesn't even rain. Right. Because okay. our dew point, yeah, the dew point is high. Let me ask you this: Are you driving down into this area? Is it subsurface in some places? No, no. We elevated the uh, the land first with uh, smart. Thirty trucks of uh, clay. You did a little bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, uh, have you tried air circulation? Uh, I don't know what that would mean. Ceiling fans, side fans, oh, something to get oh. the air moving down there. No, I'm not <clears throat> You know, I, I, I think I would. Um, this would take a little research, but I think I would seal my slab. With a with a sealer, epoxy sealer. Yeah, you could start there. Now, um, let me ask you: If I were to add, tear, take down every everything except the post, you know, I got a set of steps with a little right. room. Mm-hmm. Got my elevator with a little room. I got my flat, my shop. If I came in here and took all of that stuff out, that's only the post that's holding the house up, and poured an additional two inches of concrete on top of what is already here. Would you think that hold? Would it stay there? Would it? Would it crack? Or would it? Uh, well, first of all, I wouldn't do two inches. I don't. Yeah, I don't think that's thick enough. But now they, we are making advancements in in concrete quicker than we can keep up, uh, and that is going to be a question for your in Slidell. That's going to be a question for your concrete company. Because uh, we are making a lot of advancements in that, and that's probably not a horrible option. 
of putting uh, down extra concrete? Yeah, but I don't think that's something that we could give you um, proper advice over the radio. Yeah, and, you know, before I went to that, I would really look at, I love Jeff's uh, talking about putting some type of an epoxy sealer on that concrete Mm -hmm. and then add some type of ventilation because what could be happening, and I have something similar in my house, but mine is an older house. They took in a carport and my walkways to my back door whenever we have the weather like this with a dew point. And Mm -hmm. what we mean by dew point is that there's a lot of water droplets in every little molecule the air that we breathe has a lot and that's why some folks have a really hard time breathing here in the south is because the air is so thick and if that you may have a situation and it depends on which way the house is facing um there are a lot of different variables that go into trapping air and if you are trapping air in that garage then it will Mm. begin to sweat just like we do we begin to, whenever we get really hot, our skin sweats. So if that's happening, what I do whenever I start sweating is I turn on my ceiling fan or I get a towel and dry myself off. Well, if the house is sweating, if it's sweating down there, look at doing something to, to dry that out. Because if you go in and spend all that money <laughs> to add all that concrete and it's still sweating, all you've done is, you know, just raise Make it higher. You've just made it higher, and it's going to continue to do that. I think what you – this is not a problem you're going to have in the north. This is a southern – Right. It's just a southern high-do point deal, so, you know. Well, Larry, I hope those are some ideas for you. Um, I do believe that one of those is your answer, but I would have um, as – as uh, they've suggested, someone come and look in uh, a concrete company. Come and look and see if there's anything they can do. Ask them if there's any sort of um, barrier that you can use on it. Uh, right. But you need a pro. You need. You need. Yeah, you, you know this. This I, I love this show. Uh-huh. Okay, but um, w- when it gets that technical, right? That that is so hard to. The, the advice we can give on that is exactly what we did. Yeah. Seek out. It's just like if you go to your doctor. Yeah. Uh, this you, one's a pro. And and you got something wrong with your elbow. You might need to go to an elbow doctor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. But I, I do see that problem quite a oh, bit yeah. in garages. Absolutely. And people who have their workshops sure. in garages, sure. they will add. I've seen these wall fans that are mm-hmm. pulling the moisture out, just like your thermostatic right. fan in your attic. Right. You got to get that. You know, the I think this may, may be an open air situation. Yeah. The only yeah. thing I worry about sealing that slab would be the the pressure mm-hmm. that that could create. Mm-hmm. So that's that's why yeah. we need to get some some you know some other um, um, experts yeah. looking at that. All right, Larry. Appreciate it. Thanks a lot. I hope you got what you needed out of that. But we've been uh, holding on Martin for just a minute, so let's go ahead and get to that. He has got sweaty duct work. Hey, guys. hey, Martin, what's can, going on? Can you hear me? Right. Yes, sir. No, what I've got is uh, my home was built in the 50s. So I've got a split-level house, and between the floors, the original ductwork wasn't insulated. So I, I hired a, uh, a professional HVAC guy and had some ductwork built where it was insulated on the end of the ductwork. And putting the floor back in there, well, it 
sweating again, and they suggested to uh, seal off the duct. I mean, the vents in the in the ceiling with some silicone or you know with caulking, and that would stop. And saying that somehow or another air was getting in between the floors while well, I've done that, and it's this has been like three years ago, and I you know I spent several thousand dollars having made and it's it's starting to do it again and i cannot figure out where uh the the transition between the hot and the cold is hitting in between the floors and my floors are maybe 10 inches between the floors so the duct works are you know it's not very very large and it's in two rooms and uh wanted to know if y'all had any suggestions what where could, is it uh, sweating, Martin? Are you saying it's sweating at it, the register? Inside, between the floors, dripping on my ceiling. Brand new drywall ceiling. Okay, so it's, it's split level, and you ran the you ran it between the, the levels. The work is between mm-hmm. the floors, okay. and it's down for downstairs in two bedrooms. How how old is the unit itself? Your air conditioning unit? Uh, it's. Probably six, seven years old. Okay. Yeah, I wonder. I just had it replaced. Yeah. The I wonder. I hired, they were really reputable, but they they can't seem to figure it out either. When you um, this is a puzzler. Well, when you have okay, your air return. Okay, where does that come in? Where where is that? On their return is on the outside uh, in the hallway, uh, my mechanical room where the actual. HVAC system is uh-huh. it's like in a hallway, which is right next door to the two rooms that are sweating. Well, we have a suggestion for you. Uh, okay. Pam has mentioned this on the show a couple of times. Um, she's mentioned this a couple of times about sealing the area that is around that return. You know, the return underneath there is going to be like a little box sort of area. Right, and right. and using at least I think you mentioned spray foam, didn't you, Pam? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I phoned mine up. Did they do that, Martin? Whenever they redid the system, they did not, and that's the first I've heard of this. That's the first I've, I'm going to try that. The box that your return that. is in, yeah, behind where you put uh, your filter in. Sometimes, right. if that is not sealed up, then you are pulling in. What we call um, open air, maybe from the attic uh, or from, from the outside. Walls or, yeah. Yeah, and you can get it. You can buy the great stuff foam, you know, or the mm-hmm. foam in yep. the can. Or uh-huh. <laughs> my, one of my favorite things for her, her is uh, you can buy these. Um, you can buy the gun, and it looks uh-huh. like a flamethrower gun. Right. Is all I can say. Yeah. And it screws yeah, cause, on the yeah, top. Because there is, there is where the where the the uh, return is. There is a crack around it. Oh yeah. oh yeah, go after it, man. Yeah, that could be that could yeah, really be a problem. I, that's the first I've heard that. Yeah, I'm gonna try it. Well, thanks, thanks for the uh, info, and I love your show. I love Th- the show, guys. Thanks, Martin. Thanks, we Martin. appreciate it. All right, all right, take care. All right, bye bye. All right, so, good deal. I, it, nice, yeah. I talk about that all the time, and it just it drives was, me crazy when I'm inspecting a house and I. I'll open up the regis- the the return register and I'll look behind the filter and it's nasty. Right. 
All right. Well, um, look, let's go ahead and take another break. We're still looking to hear from you about your home improvement projects. If you want to join today's show, give us a call at 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or send an email to fixit101 at mpbonline.org. We'll be right back. Deep South Dining is the show all about the culture of Southern flavor. From fried chicken and collard greens to shrimp and grits and a glass of sweet tea. Subscribe now to the podcast using any podcast app or download our MPB public media app. You're listening to Fix It 101 on MPB Think Radio, the home improvement show to help you do it yourself. I'm Jason Klein, here with Pam Pibus, ASHE certified inspector at Inspect It Like a Girl and licensed contractor Jeff Sammons from Housework works and uh, if you missed any of today's program you can always listen back by podcast using any podcast app or our mpb public media app you know sometimes the letters don't come out they don't they just don't know it's just one of those days all right um so i wanted to get to an email real quick because this one this one was very difficult jeff i am not going to allow you to get angry and talk about (laughs) on this one i just need a solution i I never get angry you don't get angry we don't get mad you know what when i read this email before I brought her on to the show, I thought, man, this one's going to pull Jeff's strain. No. Gonna, yeah, okay, here we go. Hi, I'm working on a small picket fence coming out from my front door to keep my dogs from running out into the street. I called 811, and I'm all clear to dig posts, except for water lines, as I have, I have edited this. This city services are not included in 811. A very efficient engineer there gave me my sewer info from property drawings on file, but no definite water info except for confirmation of meter location. I worry the water lines connecting my kitchen and front yard faucet might be in the area where the fence is needed. Is there any way to find where these lines may be? Would a plumber be able to determine this? I appreciate your advice. Presley. How's that going to make him mad? Well, I didn't put the name of the city in there, so that that helped. But but anyway, for some reason in that particular city, eight one one did not include the water lines. Well, so they don't know. Yeah, what typically typically they cannot include the water line, and it's not that they don't want to. Oh, okay, okay. There's no. The only reason they can detect a gas line mm-hmm. is because there is a ground wire wrapped around the yellow pipe. They couldn't de- detect the yellow pipe. Oh, they detect the ground. The ground, wire. like okay. if you go out to your meter, yeah. there's a little green wire so, around right. your meter. So, how old is this house? Um, let's see. He's uh, working on a small picket fence. I don't think he really said. Give a, doesn't okay. really give a. Yeah. If the house is new enough, mm-hmm. if the house is new enough and it's got an inside water cut off, mm-hmm. stand at that inside water cut off and draw an imaginary line to the water meter. That that's your line. Okay. The plumber didn't. He didn't deviate. He's he went straight. He probably went fastest. straight. And you can right. also go to your meter um, and look look to your kitchen. Yeah. Because a lot of times that's the first one in out of well, your front yard. Yeah, I wouldn't do that. No, we we very rarely go to the kitchen. Well, I'm talking we about older houses. The, of course. Yeah, an um, older house. So uh, that's one. Mm. And then now this is really going to freak people out. <clears throat> Go to your water meter and get a, get a water key. Uh-huh. Put your fence in because your fence needs to go where the fence is going to go. Right. Everything else is marked. Right. If you hit a water line, uh-huh. it's not the end of the world. Mm-hmm. All you've done is hit a water line. Right. Cut the water off, dig down, repair it. 
move it over, mm-hmm. set your fence, because your fence is really married to where it needs to go. Right. In my opinion. Now, Jeff yeah. Jeff puts that off like it's a little thing hitting a water line. But let me say that um, there are some modern things to use in plumbing that will allow an average person, after reading the instructions, to reconnect a water line fairly easily with these modern tools. Right. But like I said, you you got to read the instructions and do it exactly as they say, and it will make it just as strong as it was before, um, at least. Uh, but it's not as difficult as as a lot of people in their head when they think plumbing. This right. is this is not the real hard part. No, uh-huh. uh-uh. no. And I love Jeff's suggestion. And you know, I I've talked about even whenever Jeff's not here, I talk about this. Practice turning your water off, folks. It's so easy. Please right. find your water meter, get a key, practice turning it off. Let me and say when you're going to be gone for a couple of weeks, turn it off. <laughs> <laughs> Let me say, when they say water key, folks, this is not something that fits in your pocket. Okay, this is a, a, a tool that you can buy from just about any home store. They only cost around 15 bucks. All it is is a big piece of rebar, rebar. that has a, a T on the top so that you can turn, and a little thing that, that fits over the water valve in the ground so that you can stand and turn the water on and off and... Uh, because of how this is made, you don't have to get your hands down in these little bitty holes and all this other stuff. And use Grandma wrenches. can turn the water off. Yes, well, yes. and if you'll go to the Inspect It Like a Girl YouTube channel. You'll see one. It's I think the the video is maybe two minutes long. Right. But a lot of times what will happen, if you're not practicing and you don't know, number one, you got to find the meter because mm-hmm. the grass has grown over it. <laughs> right. And the city can't help you with that. Well, the city will come out. And help and you find they, it. They know where that is. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. They can locate that because it's got a metal top on it. Well, unless it's a well, newer one. Well, the city owns that. The they city owns that. They know where that meter is. So they know mm. where the meter is. Right. In my case, and it's funny, it's actually in the video, I opened it up because I hadn't been in there in you know a couple of years, right. hadn't gone anywhere. I, I didn't follow my own advice. And whenever I pulled it off, it was my meter and the valve was covered in mud. Yeah. Oh, wow. So I had to get a little shovel and dig it out, and I show how to do that. Right. And then I take the key and show you how to turn it off. Very cool. Thank you. So if you if you want to find out how to do that, you can go to Inspect It Like a Girl's page. YouTube channel. YouTube channel. There we yeah. go. All right, let's keep going. Um, let's see. Tina is on the line in Jackson, and she needs us to repeat the name of what website, Tina? What you, would you want to hear? Uh, you mentioned a website a few minutes ago where you could find people to help you, different different types of contractors. Um, well, we've said a, a couple of things on the show in the past. And next door is a bitch. What she's talking oh, about? Oh, yeah, next yeah. door. I mentioned next door. That, and that is that is not a, a credible source for contractors. However, what it is is it seems to be people looking for local help, handyman type, um, handyman type stuff. Now, they do have plumbers and electricians. And yeah, and I and I have seen occasionally people who will who will. Uh, advertise their business on there on occasion even though you're not supposed to from what i understand well yeah you can actually i get that i get that email all the time they want me to advertise on there and i'm not going to do it but you can like a neighbor will say 
you know, I need a reputable electrician. Do y'all have any experience with so-and-so? And, and, and five people will put names and numbers names out there. Names and numbers of their experience. Right. I actually love it, and I've used it. Like yeah. tree trimmers, plumbers, mm-hmm. electricians. So, Tina, this this it's an app on your phone. It's also a website, but it's called Next Door. One word, Next okay. Door. And when you sign up, yeah. it will you can actually put your proximity. Like, it has my neighborhood, and yeah. then I can actually join... You know the the metro area, yeah. And it's I tell you what's also good about it is it they'll let you know like if you know things that you don't read about in the news. (laughs) Yeah, you know they'll let you know about things that are going on the dog that got out, and you'll find out who the nosy neighbor is also. Yeah, who's the guy walking down the street? You know what I mean? So you get that kind of stuff. Anyway, I I just pulled it up, and uh, and and you're right. There's all kind of stuff here. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. it's awesome. I've never experienced this. Anyway, so check it out next door. Um, Thanks, Tina. We appreciate it. I hope that works. Uh, Let's keep going. We're going to go to Chris and Hernando. He's got a big problem. He's got multiple ACs in a big house and needs to replace just one of them. What's up, Chris? Uh, Yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, One is newer. One is original to the house about 20 years ago. But the main problem is the older one was set up to do both like a section of the upstairs and part of the downstairs. Right, which those never two areas works. Are open. Right, which in those two areas are open with a big just railing, and so it's always hot up there, no matter if it's winter or summer. Right. Uh, and what I was wondering is if, you know, now with a lot of people using, like, these heat pump, mini-split-looking systems, mm-hmm. could I use maybe one, uh, like a little one in the bedroom and a larger one in the... You know, game room and even one that would run maybe through the old, uh, you know, vents and registers downstairs, all running off of one like outdoor heat pump unit. All right, Chris, do you are you trying to fix this problem with the least amount of money? Or are you trying to fix it forever for comfort? I would say fix it forever, yes, because I know, like I said, that unit's 20 years old. It's original to the house. It's going to go at some point. Something's going to happen to it. And, yeah, pretty know, much Pretty much so all 20-year-old units need to be replaced. Well, probably. Um, this this would be my – this if, if I'm living in that house, this is what I want at the end of the day. I want one unit treating my upstairs and one unit – conditioning my downstairs um that's the big picture um because i'm assuming what bedrooms are upstairs bathrooms so on and so forth yes okay a mini split is really not going to be the answer mini splits are great if you have one big room uh the nickname for mini split is a duckless unit so if we're going to do that Figure out some way, get a get a reputable uh, AC company out there, and and tell them this is what I got, this is what I want. Y'all tell me how to do it. Yeah, because right. the biggest challenge you run into, one one of the things that you said, and Jeff and I both looked at each other whenever you said this, 
a unit that's trying to service an upstairs and a downstairs, the problem, the physical problem with that is that your air quality, or not your air temperature, is going to be different downstairs than it is upstairs. Always. And so yep. if you're trying to retur- do return air, because that's how our systems know what to do, is the air that's going through the return. And so if the return is only upstairs, then the downstairs will never be right. And if the return is downstairs, then the upstairs will never be right. So I think you've got a very intelligent question for an HVAC company to talk to them about how to split that. Your biggest expense probably is going to be uh, separating the ductwork out. And then something that I would recommend, and I see this a lot in um, inspections that I do, is that if you're going to try to put your return at the top of the steps that is open to the air at the bottom, you're always going to have problems. If you could figure out how to get your return air so that it's pulling air from the area it's supposed to service, then you can solve that problem. And that's going to be somebody coming in and looking at your specific situation. Right. I think that's that's fantastic, Chris. I think that's a, a good uh, way to approach this because one thing you got to think of if this is a, a large house and let's just throw nice on top of that large nice large house uh, whomever the next buyer is going to be is going to want that system to be um, not different or strange they're going to want to walk in it's going to need to work and be comfortable in all zones all the time all the time and then something that i'm going to recommend and i tell my clients this all the time if you're experiencing problems where the air is or you're uncomfortable you may want to hire a company that can do what's called a manual j calculation and what that is is it's a lot of numbers where they try to figure out what size unit you need Folks, I inspected a house the other day that was 1,600 square feet, and it had a brand-new five-ton train installed. How many square feet? 1,600. Oh, my goodness. The unit was never going to come in. That's terrible. Yeah, (laughs) it's awful. No, that won't work. No, it won't work. And so the buyer was like, Uh, well, how did they get away with installing that? I said, because Grandma was hot. That's right. And she she, she wanted the biggest one. They sold her a bill of goods. That's right. And, I mean, this train was like two years old. Oh, God. Well, that's unfortunate. And for those who who might not get that is if you put an air conditioner in that is larger or more tonnage than you need – it won't come on enough to actually dehumidify the, right. mm-hmm. the, the the home. So it short cycles. Rule of thumb on on air is one ton per every five hundred square feet of of living space. Yeah. Well, we got wiped out again, guys. Here we go. Wrapping it up. Fix It 101 is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting, Think Radio, and is funded by the generous contributions from listeners like you. Our show is produced by Mr. Jay White. No, it's not produced by Jay White. It's produced by Java Chapman. Our call screener today was Liz Gill. For Pam Pibus and Jeff Sammons, I'm Jason Klein. Stay tuned for our Wednesday 10 a.m. program, Everyday Tech with Mr. Jay White. Join us next Wednesday at 9 for Fix It 101 only on MPB Think Radio.